ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So as you're aware, in this new series of lessons, we're going to be reading through the book Sittatu Mawadi' Min As-Sirah Six Events from the Sirah This is a book written by Al-Shaykh Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahhab Rahimahullahu Ta'ala and it is the explanation of Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan Hafizahullah Ta'ala that we will be utilizing. This book, as the title suggests, will highlight six occurrences, six events from the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Six events that will highlight to us some great points of benefit and admonition with regards to Tawheed, with regards to other aspects and principles of this religion. And that is the purpose of the Shaykh picking out these six particular events because these events in each of them there are lessons to be taken. So before going into that, let's begin with an introduction that al-Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan Hafizahullah Ta'ala began with. So he says, Ta'ammal rahimakallah سِتَّةَ مَوَاضِعْ مِنَ السِّيرَةِ وَفْهَمْهَا فَهْمًا حَسَنًا الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى says focus on may Allah have mercy upon you six events from the seerah and understand them with a good understanding Focus on these six events from the seerah and understand them with a good understanding. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan, he says, the seerah, when we talk about the seerah, then we are talking about the seerah of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَهِيَ الطَّرِيقَةُ الَّتِي كَانَ يَسِيرُ عَلَيْهَا الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم مُنذُ بِعْثَتِهِ إِلَىٰ أَن تَوَفَّاهُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ وَفِي الْمُعَامَلَاتِ وَفِي الدَّعْوَةِ إِلَىٰ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ The intent behind the seerah It is the seerah of the messenger and that is the way, the methodology, 
upon which the Prophet ﷺ tread upon ever since he was sent as a prophet up until he died. So from the time that he was given the prophethood up until his death, then that is all known as his seerah, how he did and conducted himself, his methodology, his way in regards to al-ibadah, in worship. The methodology of the Prophet ﷺ in worship, his way of worship, and his way and methodology in dealings, dealings with other people, interactions, trade, dealings with other people, and also in calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the mannerism, the methods of giving da'wah, how to give this da'wah, how to begin this da'wah, what to begin with, the stages of the da'wah, the way to step up the da'wah from level to level. All of these things learnt from the practice of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَفِي الْجِهَادِ وَالْهِجْرَةِ In jihad, in hijra, وَفِي التَّعْلِيمِ In educating, فَكُلُّ أَفْعَالِهِ وَأَقْوَالِهِ وَتَصَرُّفَاتِهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam هِيَ صِيرَتُهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ so all of the actions and the statements and the behaviors and dealings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all of that is the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَهَذَا أَمْرٌ مُهِمٌ أَنَّ الْمُسْلِمَ يَدْرُسُ سِيرَةَ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَقْتَدِيَ بِهِ And this is something very important that a Muslim learns the seerah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم so that you can emulate the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم you can behave and live your lives and tread upon the methodology of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ قَدْ جَعَلَهُ قُدْوَةً لَنَا Because indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as an example for us to follow. He has made the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam an example for us to follow. قال لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ Indeed, for you, is a good example 
in the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That is the example for us to emulate. That is the example for us to follow. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So how are we going to follow his example? By learning about him and learning his seerah, the methodology that he tried upon, his worship, his dealings with the people, all of his affairs. فَهُوَ قُدْوَتُنَا عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ So he is our example to follow. فَالْنَدْرُسْ سِيرَتَهُ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ نَقْتَدِيَ بِهِ فِي ذَلِكَ So we study his seerah so that we can follow him in his footsteps and be upon his methodology. وَهَذَا هُوَ الْمَطْلُوبُ مِنْ دِرَاسَةِ السِّيرَةِ وَالتَّفَقُّهُ فِيهَا and this is what is required when we are talking about studying the seerah. This is the purpose behind studying the seerah and understanding it. Because by studying the seerah and understanding it, our objective behind that is to be able to follow the Prophet ﷺ upon his methodology and to tread upon his pathway and to emulate him and to take him as an example. We can do all of that only by learning the seerah. لَيْسَ الْمَقْصُودَ أَنَّ السِّيرَةِ تُقْرَأْ فِي مُنَاسَبَةِ مُبْتَدَعَةِ مِثْلْ مُنَاسَبَةَ الْمَوْلِدِ The intent behind the seerah is not that it is simply read on some occasion. On some innovated occasions, like the innovated occasion of the birthday of the Prophet. Some people they specify that day that they claim is the birthday of the Prophet. They specify that day to read through the seerah of the Prophet. To read through the stories from the seerah on that day as a means of celebration on that day. And that is an innovated celebration. This type of reading of the seerah, it does not provide you anything of substance. That type of reading through the seerah on innovated occasions like the birthday of the Prophet that doesn't benefit or give you any substance. لِأَنَّهَا لَيْسَتْ لِلْتَفَقُّهِ فِيهَا Because reading the seerah of the Prophet on those innovated occasions is not for the purpose of studying it and learning it. When they read it on those days, it is not because they want to study it, not because they want to learn it. They are simply reading it for the sake of reading it because it is a day of celebration for them. A day of celebrating the birthday of the Prophet So they read the seerah for the sake of reading the seerah and stories from the seerah, not for the sake of learning or studying it at all. So due to that, 
that reading of their seerah does not benefit them at all. وَإِنَّمَا هِيَ لِلْتَبَرُّكِ They only read the seerah on that day because they actually believe that there will be blessings in doing so. They believe there will be blessings if they read the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam on that day. And it is a custom. It is only a custom which they have become accustomed to. It is a custom that they have now taken as a habit and as a norm to read the seerah upon the innovated day of celebration, the birthday of the Prophet So that doesn't benefit. فَلَا تُفِيدُ شَيْئًا That doesn't benefit anything. لِأَنَّ تَخْصِيصَهَا بِوَقْتٍ مُعَيًّا ثُمَّ تُطْوَى هذا الأمر لا ينفع ولا يفيد. Because specifying that occasion to read the seerah and then folding it up and putting it away after that day never to look at it again until the next year comes for that day then that does not benefit anything. As-seerah matloobun darasatuha da'ima With regards to the seerah what is required is that you study it always Regularly, ولا نقصد بالدراسة مجرد أننا نقرأها من أولها إلى آخرها ونقول قرأنا السيرة. لا. And we don't mean when we say study the sira that you just read from the beginning to the end. That you read through the sira and the events and incidents that occurred. Read through them from the beginning to the end. That isn't what we mean by studying the seerah, the Sheikh says. It's not just about going through it all and saying, I've read through all of the seerah. Rather, لابد أن نتفقه فيها ونقتدي بالرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم في أفعاله وأقواله هذا هو المقصود. What is actually required is that you read through the seerah carefully, focusing on it so that you take lessons from it and that you take admonition from it and so that you can learn to be like what the Prophet ﷺ was like in his actions, in his statements, in his affairs. وَقَدْ كَتَبَ الْإِمَامِ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمْ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى كِتَابًا عَظِيمًا فِي فِقْهِ السِّيرَةِ وَهُوَ زَادُ الْمَعَادِ فِي هَدِي خَيْرِ الْعِبَادِ وَكَتَبَ بَعْضُ الْمُعَاصِرِينَ كِتَابَاتِ مِنْهَا مَا هُوَ صَحِيحٌ وَمِنْهَا مَا هُوَ سَيِّئٌ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ انْحَرَفَ وَجَاءَ بِشِرْكِيَّاتِ وَجَعَلَ هَذَا هُوَ الْمَقْصُودُ مِنْ قِرَاءَةِ السِّيرَةِ لَكِنْ هَذَا لَا عِبْرَةَ بِهِ So the Shaykh says, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala wrote a great book in seerah. 
He wrote a tremendous book in the seerah. That was the book known as Zad al-Ma'ad fi Hadi Khair al-Ibad. The provisions of the hereafter. Provisions of the hereafter in the guidance of the best of the servants. Provisions of the hereafter from the guidance of the Prophet And then the Shaykh says there are modern day writers. There are modern day writers. So called scholars. Who have written books on the seerah. But they have not been accurate in what they have written. Some of the modern day writings in the topic of seerah are accurate. But there are some writings which are greatly inaccurate. And there are some that are very bad, the Shaykh says. Some of these so-called books in seerah written by some of these modern people are very bad in reality. And some of them are so bad that there is actually even shirk in them because some of these people who write about the seerah, they encourage everyone to seek blessings, to seek tabarruk from the Prophet and what remains from the affairs of the Prophet from his garments etc. They encourage the people to go and wipe on them and to seek barakah from them and to perform types of actions that are not legislated. Particularly since those types of garments etc. are not proven to be from the Prophet There are people now who claim to have hair from the hair of the Prophet And there are people who claim to have the shawl, the blanket of the Prophet But they are liars. They do not have the clothes and the garments of the Prophet They do not have the hair of the Prophet It is lies from them. But some people, that's what they think seerah is about. Finding where these hairs are and where these clothes are to seek barakah. And this is not the correct understanding of the affair. So the Shaykh says these modern day writers have made great errors in seerah, some of them. And they are not to be given any importance. لِأَنَّ كُلًّا يُنْفِقْ مِمَّا عِنْدَهُ الَّذِي عِنْدَهُ شَيْءٌ جَيِّدًا وَالَّذِي عِنْدَهُ شَيْءٌ رَدِيءٌ يُنْفِقُ رَدِيءًا وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ نَسْأَلُ اللَّهَ أَنْ يَهْدِيَنَا وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَيَهْدِي هَؤُلَاءِ إِلَى سَوَاءِ السَّبِيلِ وَأَنْ يَرُدَّهُمْ إِلَى الْحَقِّ وَنَحْنُ لَا The Sheikh says up to this section that these people, modern day writers, Modern day writers who write about the seerah, many of them make error. And they are not to be given any importance. Because all of these people, they write in accordance to what they've got. And some of them do not have a lot. They do not have any knowledge. 
So some of them who have some knowledge, they might end up with something good in what they write. And others who do not have anything, they only have bad, they will end up with bad writings. So the Shaykh says, Alhamdulillah, in any case, we ask Allah to guide us on them and to return them back to the straight path and to bring them back to the correct understanding. And so we do not fall into their types of writings and we do not fall into their types of ways whereby they use their intellects and they use all types of sources to write about the seerah and none of it or a lot of it is not even accurate. فَالْمَقْسُودُ مِنْ دَرَاسَةِ سِيرَةِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the purpose of studying the seerah is to focus on it, to concentrate on it, to ponder over it and to take admonition from it and act upon it. وَالِقْتِدَاءِ بِالرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ so that we can follow the Prophet ﷺ and be like him. And so we can take the rulings from it by studying the seerah. Studying the seerah, you can look into it and find the rulings and the legislations. This is what is required from studying the seerah. Because the life of the Prophet ﷺ, all of it is goodness. وَكُلَّهَا And all of it is knowledge. وَكُلَّهَا عَمَلْ صَالِحِ And all of it is righteous actions. كُلَّهَا جِهَاد كُلَّهَا دَعْوَ كُلَّهَا تَعْلِيمِ All of it was jihad and da'wa calling to this religion and educating the people about it. So when you examine the life of the Prophet ﷺ, from since when he was sent as a prophet up until when he died, then you learn many lessons from the way the Prophet ﷺ lived. And that is the purpose of seerah, to learn those lessons. So you can better yourself and be practicing as the methodology of the Prophet ﷺ dictates. Hayatuhu ibadah. The life of the Prophet ﷺ is overflowing with goodness, with greatness from every angle. All of it was worship, the life of the Prophet ﷺ. So upon us is to make sure that we give importance to the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. وَالْبَقِيَّةَ مَوْجُودَةَ فِي سِيرَاتِهِ سَأَسَلَّمُ لَكِنْ هَذِهِ الْمَوَاضِعَ تَتَعَلَّقُ بِالْعَقِيدَةِ So in this book, Al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Rahimahullahu Ta'ala picked out six events. He picked out six events from the seerah. The reason why he picked these six particular events is because all of them have benefits of aqidah within them. All of them have benefits regarding to aqidah within them. So the Shaykh says, Ta'amal, the author, Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahab, Ta'amal rahimakallah sitta ta mawadi'a min as-seerah.
وَفْهَمْهَا فَهْمًا حَسَنًا Focus on these six events from the seerah, ponder over them and learn them, understand them properly and well. لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُفْهِمَكَ دِينَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ لِتَتْبَعْ وَدِينَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ لِتَتْرُكَ That maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause you to understand the religion of the prophets and so you can follow it maybe through studying the seerah then hopefully Allah will make clear to you the religion of the prophets so you can follow them and it will become clear to you Deen al-Mushrikeen لتتركه the religion of the mushrikeen so you can stay away from it so by studying the seerah by studying the seerah then hopefully you understand the correct aqeedah and the religion of the prophets so that you can be upon that way and hopefully therefore you understand what the mushrikeen were upon and why they opposed the prophet so that you can avoid that and stay away from it هذا المقصود من دراسة السيرة أنك تفهم دين الأنبياء This is the purpose of studying Sira so that you can understand the religion of the prophets تفهم التوحيد You can understand the Tawheed properly and follow it وتفهم الشرك من أجل أن تجتنبه and you can understand what the shirk is so that you can avoid it. فَلَا يَكْفِي أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَعْرِفُ الْحَقَّ فَقَطْ بَلْ لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَعْرِفَ الْحَقَّ وَيَعْرِفَ الْبَاطِلِ يَعْرِفُ الْحَقِّ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَعْمَلَ بِهِ وَيَعْرِفَ الْبَاطِلِ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَتَجَنَّبَهِ لأنه إذا لم يعرف الباطل وقع فيه وهو لا يدري. So the purpose of studying the seerah is that you understand what the religion of the prophets is, the religion of Tawheed, and you follow it. And you can also therefore understand what the religion of Shirk is so you can avoid it. Because it isn't enough, the Sheikh says. For you to only know the truth. You must know the truth and you must know the falsehood. So that you can make sure you stick to only the truth and you can make sure to avoid the falsehood. Because a person who does not know what the falsehood is, then you may end up falling into it and you do not even realize. Just like Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, or he said, كان الناس يسألون النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الخير وكنت أسأله عن الشر مخافة أن أقع في أو مخافة أن يدركني He said the people used to ask the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم about the good about the good but the righteous actions. But I used to ask him about the evil. 
fearing that I may fall into it otherwise, or fearing that it may overcome me otherwise. This narration is in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, and the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, and the Sunan of Ibn Majah. The narration of Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiyallahu anhu, كان الناس يسألون النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الخير وكنت أسأله عن الشر مخافة أن أقع فيه People used to ask the Prophet about the good and the righteousness but I used to ask him about the evil fearing that I may fall into it if I don't know it fearing that I may fall into it otherwise فأنت عندما الشيخ الفوزان يقول فأنت عندما تسير في الطريق وأنت لا تعرف هذا الطريق وفيه حفر وفيه مهالك ربما تهلك وأنت لا تدري تقع في الحفر وأنت ما دريت لكنك إذا درست الطريق فعرفت ما فيه من المسالك وما فيه من الأخطار فإنك تكون على بينة تتجنب المهالك التي في الطريق الشيخ says if you are walking along a pathway if you are walking along a pathway, a road, a route that you do not know, and there are holes, potholes, other types of dangerous things on this particular road, if you do not know where these dangerous things are, you do not know this pathway and this route, then it is very likely you may fall into one of these dangers and destroy yourself, kill yourself, end up dying, falling into a pit, falling into a uh, type of hole in the road, something dangerous in the road, a log in the road, crashing into it. You don't know what's in the road. You may die. You may ruin yourself, destroy yourself, and you don't even realize. You may fall into the holes, and you don't even realize. But the Shaykh says, If you were upon knowledge regarding this pathway, you studied the route in advance, then you know the various routes you can take upon this overall route. You know the various pathways you can take, the various detours that you can take. You have knowledge of all of these things, and you know where the potholes are, where the dangers are, then you will be upon clarity, and you will be able to avoid the dangers, and keep yourself upon the pathway that is safe. This is talking about something physical. Physically, you are walking down the road and there are holes. If you know where they are, you can avoid them. If you don't know where they are, you may end up falling into them. Physical things. Abstract things like your aqidah are even greater in this regard. In terms of your aqidah, it is even more important. Even more important that you know what the truth is and you know what the falsehood is. فِي هَذَا نَعْمْ كَذَلِكَ فِي الْأُمُورِ الْعَقَدِيَّةِ مِنْ بَابِ أَوْلَى 
فلا بد أن تعرف الباطل تعرف الشرك وما هي أنواعه وما هي أسبابه وما هي الوسائل التي توصل إلى إليه حتى تتجنبها يقول شاعر عرفت الشر لا للشر ولكن أو لكن لتوقيه ومن لا يعرف الشر من الخير يقع فيه A poet he said I know about the evil not for the sake of knowing the evil I know the evil not for the sake of knowing the evil but for the sake of being able to avoid it then because the one who does not know the evil from the good he will end up falling into the evil not knowing so he says I learn about the evil not for the sake of the evil itself but for the sake of knowing it so I can stay away from it because a person who doesn't know what evil is what haram is what wrong is he may end up doing it not knowing so that's why the Shaykh says a person needs to know with regards to his aqidah what the correct aqidah is and what the different things that oppose that correct aqidah are. So that you can make sure you avoid falling into those incorrect and false ideas. فَلَا مِنْ مَعْرِفَةِ الْخَيْرِ وَمَعْرِفَةِ الشَّرِّ so you must know about the good and you must know about the evil. وَالْبَعْضِ الْيَوْمِ يَقُولِ Some people nowadays they say تَعْرِفُ الْحَقِّ وَلَيْسَ مِنَ الضُّرُورِ أَنْ تَعْرِفْ مَا يُضَادُ They say you know the truth. There is no necessity for you to know that which opposes the truth. وَهَذَا بَاطِلِ And this is incorrect and false. لِأَنَّكَ إِذَا لَمْ تَعْرِفِ الْبَاطِلِ يَظَلْ خَافِيًا if you don't know about the falsehood, then you will end up being misguided away from the truth and falling to that falsehood. Especially when there are so many people out there today calling to falsehood, calling to misguidance. So when they are calling to that falsehood and misguidance, so many of them waiting to misguide you, you need to know what this falsehood is so you can stay away from it when it comes to you. فَإِنَّ Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab يقول فَإِنَّ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ يَدَّعِي الدِّينَ وَيَدَّعِي أَنَّهُ مِنَ الْمُوَحِّدِينَ لَا يَفْهَمْ السُنَّةِ the Sheikh says, most of the people who claim to be religious, most of the people who claim to be religious, they claim to be from the people of Tawheed, they do not understand the Sunnah as is appropriate. They do not understand the Sunnah as is appropriate and required and suitable. And that's an important thing as Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab mentioned hundreds of years ago. Most of the people who claim the Sunnah, most of the people who claim to be upon Tawheed, the reality is they don't understand the Sunnah as is desirable. They don't understand the Sunnah as they should in reality. 
المشركون يتقربون إلى الله بالشرك يظنون أنه خير لأنهم لا يعرفون الشرك فصاروا يتقربون به إلى الله The mushrikeen they are the types of people who used to fall into error great error in committing shirk so they used to call upon their other deities and they used to call upon their other so-called gods فهم يذبحون للأولياء والصالحين ويتبركون بقبورهم ويستغيثون بهم ويقولون نحن نعلم أنهم ليس لهم من الأمر شيء وأنهم لا ينفعون ولا يضرون ولكنهم صالحون نريد منهم أن يتوسطوا لنا عند الله كما قال الله عن أسلافهم ويعبدون من دون الله ما لا يضرهم ولا ينفعهم يعني هم يعترفون أنهم لا يضرونهم ولا ينفعونهم ما لا يضرهم ولا ينفعهم ويقولون هؤلاء شفعاؤنا عند الله اتخذوهم شفعاء فقط وفي الأخرى وإنهم ليصدونهم عن السبيل ويحسبون أنهم مهتدون لم يتعلموا فهم يحسبون أن هذا خير وهذا هو واقع غالب الناس اليوم الكثير من المنتسبين إلى الإسلام هذا واقعهم يتقربون إلى الله بالشرك مثل ما تقرب المشركون الأولون يذبحون للقبور وينظرون لها ويطوفون بها ويتبركون بها ويقولون ما عبدنا غير الله لكن هؤلاء رجال صالحون ونحن قصدنا أنهم يتوسطون لنا عند, عند الله فقط والله يقول والذين اتخذوا من دونه أولياء ما نعبدهم إلا ليقربونا إلى الله زلفا ما أرادوا الشرك ولا قصدوه وإنما ظنوا أنهم يؤدون عبادة وقربة إلى الله يقربونهم إلى الله زلفا انظر كيف يأتي الشيطان إلى بني آدم وكيف يأتي شياطين الإنس إلى بني آدم ويزينون هذه الأمور نقول لهم أنتم ما تعبدون أسناما أنتم تتوسطون بالناس الصالحين بينكم وبين الله والله جل وعلا اعتبر هذا شركا فقال ويعبدون جعله عبادة ويعبدون من دون الله ما لا يضرهم ولا ينفعهم ويقولون هؤلاء شفعون عند الله In this section now الشيخ الفوزان حفظه الله تعالى explains that many people who claim to be upon the sunnah Many people who claim to be upon Tawheed, the reality is they do not understand the Sunnah properly. And they end up doing the same type of thing that the Mushrikeen used to do. The Mushrikeen, they used to worship other deities besides Allah. They used to call upon other deities besides Allah. And they used to claim that they are not committing shirk. Because they used to claim that they are only calling upon these other deities so that these other deities can bring them closer to Allah. They said, we know these other things cannot benefit us, no harm us. But we are only going through them. They are the middlemen for us only. 
They will bring us closer to Allah. Yet this is exactly what the mushrikeen used to say. They used to say, we know that they cannot benefit us, no harm us, but we are only going through them. So they bring us closer to Allah. Yet this claim of theirs was rebuked and rejected. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala termed their behavior as shirk. Them calling upon these other deities as middlemen. Calling upon these other gods of theirs to bring them closer to Allah. That is a form of shirk. And nowadays people who claim to be upon Tawheed, they say we are not committing shirk when we go to the graveyards. We are not making dua to them. We are only asking them to take our dua to Allah. We are only asking them to bring us closer to Allah. So our worship is to Allah, not to them. And that is exactly what the mushrikeen used to say. So this in reality is a misguidance. And the Shaykh says, look at how the shaitan misguides the people. These people who claim to be upon the sunnah, upon tawheed, they have not studied the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They have not studied the methodology of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And as a consequence, they find themselves committing the type of shirk that the mushrikeen used to commit. And making the types of justifications that the mushrikeen used to make as justifications. Saying that we're not worshipping them. We're only asking them to bring us closer to Allah. Then this is a misguidance that the shaitan has whispered unto them. Because all of these justifications they gave, Allah still said what they are doing is worship. They are worshipping these others besides Allah. Even if they claim that they are only going through them to get closer to Allah, they are worshipping them. It is considered worship and shirk. So even though they themselves never used to call it shirk, Allah called this act an act of worship being done for others besides Allah, and therefore it is classified as shirk. That is the introduction to this book, The Six Events. From the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. After that is Al Mawdi' Al Awwal, the first event from the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or from the Seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the first event, which will begin in detail from the next session is going to be about how the Prophet actually became a Prophet. How did he become a Prophet? When did he become a Prophet? How was that story? Where did it happen? How did it happen? What was the first revelation? That was given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What is the importance of that first revelation that was given to him? And we will see that the first revelation was about Tawheed. And it was about warning against Shirk. So the first event that we'll discuss next time will be about the story of the revelation beginning. How the revelation first began. 
So what you can do for homework is read Sahih al-Bukhari. Kitab al-Wahi. At the beginning of the chapter of Revelation, there is a long hadith. Which hadith? About the revelation. There is a hadith in the chapter of Revelation where it mentions about how the Prophet used to go where? To Mount Hira. And who came to him in the mountain? Jibreel. So the first event, Al Mawdi Al Awwal, is going to be about this revelation and that hadith from Al Bukhari. So we need to read the hadith from Al Bukhari next time. And we need to go through that first event, what happened, how did it happen, what was the revelation, how did it begin when the Prophet went home to Khadija radiallahu anha, the Prophet sallallahu what did he say to her, these things are all going to be mentioned in the story of how the revelation first began, how Muhammad sallallahu first became a Prophet. That's what we'll begin with next time, if there's any questions so far to the introduction then you can mention that now. Otherwise, make sure you do your homework in reading that hadith from Al-Bukhari about the revelation so you are prepared for next time. Also, this book that we're doing, the six events from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ is available in English too. It's available in English. There is a translation that has been done Translation title is what? An explanation of six events that occurred during the lifetime of the Prophet An explanation of six events that occurred during the lifetime of the Prophet That is the book in English and in Arabic it is available to Sitta to Mawadi' Min Sirah. Sheikh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab Rahimahullah ta'ala With the explanation, the sharh Of al-Sheikh al-Fawzan Hafizahullah ta'ala So if there's any questions we can take those now Otherwise we'll carry on from next week Insha'Allah So next week then Make sure to try to read the hadith from al-Bukhari, at the beginning, right at the beginning. Hadith about how the revelation began. Bad'ul wahi How the revelation began. Read that hadith and you'll be prepared for next week, inshaAllah.